the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Bullington Capital Report, hosted by Bill Bullington. For the next hour, you'll receive information on current market conditions and trends that could affect your financial future. If you have a question, you can participate in today's program by calling 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0WHK. You can also reach Bill by going to his website, BullingtonCapital.com. And now, here's Bill Bullington. And we're back. Like it or not. (laughs) Oh, I am tired. (laughs) Oh, I got my notification that I was supposed to quarantine because I tested positive for COVID last year. (laughs) I finally get the notification in the mail. Are you kidding me? The, uh, that is, wow. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Why would you even bother? (laughs) I just don't get it. The, uh, so anyway, I'm pretty sure I had it before that. Actually, when I got tested that time, it wasn't nearly as bad as the first time I got sick, which was about three and a half months before it officially became a thing. (laughs) And, uh, so anyway. I'm glad you guys are uh, here. Uh, I'm actually pre-recording this, so uh, if you hear something that you like, you know, hit me up on my website because you won't be able to call today. Uh, the website's bullingtoncapital.com. I will try to get back to you as quickly as humanly possible. And, uh, you know, I hear, uh, you always hear a lot of negative stuff around the stock market. Stock market's been going down lately, but you know what? That's what stock markets do. It's basically, it's just what they do. They go up a lot and they go down a lot. And in the long run, they've gone up a lot more than they've gone down. And in the long run, your returns are probably going to be better there than they are in in other investments that you might be able to make. Things like your house. Although the next 10 years, um, that may not be true. You could say that just about any time, but housing probably does pretty well. It's actually been, been doing very well. Because they printed up so much money, but we'll come back to that a little bit later in today's show. But stock, when you're comparing stocks versus bonds or CDs that pay less than 1%, that's an easy one. That's a really easy one. I'm going to take the stocks. Heck, the dividend yield on a whole bunch of stock funds is like three times what the average CD rate is, and which is not saying a lot. It's like somewhere, you know, between one and a half and two percent or so, but they're dividends, and you got to watch that too. I, I don't know. You got to watch everything today. It, I feel bad for the general public. It's it's hard. It's really hard. What's incredibly difficult about today is that interest rates are so low. That's why we've been talking about the fixed indexed annuities, and I'm going to talk about that a little bit later today. There's a new variant on that that's come out I think is is awesome for the right person, right situation. If you're younger, 
you're afraid of you know market crashing never coming back again there's a a rider that you can add to an investment only annuity investment only remember those terms okay what that means is there's no sales charge going in there's no sales charge or any penalty to go out so it's basically tax deferral it's unlimited you can put as much money as you want to in a product like that it's going to remain tax deferred. You don't get penalized. You can take your money out anytime you want. So we're, we're going to talk about that a little bit later in today's show as well. And uh, I think that's a, a a really good development for the average person today, especially with interest rates as low as they are, because you can add a rider to those that particular product. A rider is like an extra benefit that you pay for. And they have to tell you what they're charging you, by the way. So And it's one half of 1%. That's pretty good. That's pretty low. They're going to guarantee a 4% income off those assets for the rest of your life. That's pretty good if you're individual, especially when you're looking at CDs paying less than 1%. Um, they're going to look at uh, if you're a joint, you know, if you're a married couple, it's 3.75 because there's a chance, you know, that somebody lives to 100 <laughs> and they would have to make good on all that. So the uh, anyway, 3.75 is still a pretty good rate to be a minimum uh, to talk about. We'll talk more about how that works later in today's program. And again, if you hear something that, that you'd like more information on, feel free to go to my website, SpillingtonCapital.com, and uh, just reach out to us on the contact us form. Um, a lot of people are, are reaching out, but they're not asking the questions. So I, I, I reach back and I say, hey, uh, we're here to help whatever questions you have, you know, but uh, you actually have to write the questions down. <laughs> And then send them in. But so anyway, a um, lot of stuff to talk about today. It's just uh, it's amazing. But I was talking to clients this week in particular, and people have been a little upset by the rough, um, you know, the market's going up and down a lot. And I got to tell you that it's never going to change. OK, it's always been this way. It's never not been this way. And I'm, I know people who, who remember the smooth, good old days of the stock market. Well, you know that why they remember the good, smooth, uh, the smooth, good old days of the stock market because they're really old. <laughs> they're get, they're getting a little forgetful because it's never been that way. It's always been tough. The the thing that I really feel bad about, and even Warren Buffett was talking about this, is that interest rates are so low. I mean, it's incredibly difficult to have enough money just to live off of the interest. And, and people are out there, they're hoping, clinging to hope that, that you're going to see another 5 or a 6% CD, which, by the way, when I first started in this business, CDs were paying 12. 12. That was a CD. And I had missed the peak about five years earlier than that. A, you could get a, a five-year treasury paying 15% a year. What does that mean? And there were zero coupon bonds. You didn't have to... Um, you bought it at, let's say you bought it for $10,000. It was guaranteed to mature at $20,000 in five years. That was it. Five years guaranteed by the United States government. Okay. Those rates are not coming back again. Not anytime soon. We've got way too much debt, federal government to allow that to happen. So that's why I've started talking about these other products. Fortunately, you know, an insurance company who basically calculates risk for a living has been able to come out with products that they know are are good products. They know they can take risk 
that you and I can't face. Why? Because we have life expectancies. We're not going to be here for the next 50 or 100 years, depending on how old you are and how lucky you are. <laughs> so, But the insurance companies are going to go on. And they can afford to spread out the risk over a much longer time period. And over much longer time periods, you have a big advantage, especially when you're talking about stocks and, and real estate. You know, you need a really long time period uh, when you're in those. If Well, actually, the, higher the, the longer the time period, the more likely the positive outcome uh, is to happen. Okay. In other words... If, if you can invest for 10 years, you have a much better chance of being successful than if you're looking out over the next 12 months, next one year. Kind of kills me to, to still have to answer those questions. What do you think the stock market is going to do in the next year? Well, how about next six months? Um, you know what? You're going to have to listen to my show. In fact, I am going to write a bunch of micro books. <laughs> Little tiny books just on those topics. And I'll only charge five bucks for them. Actually, they'll be cheaper than one of the one of the more expensive coffees you can get from Starbucks. <laughs> so, and they'll be helpful. Just little little tiny ideas. Now, you want to learn about financial statements. You want to be which you should want to know about. If you're going to invest in individual stocks and you don't know how to read a financial statement, you're not an investor. You're not a trader. You're a gambler. I I hate gambling. By the way. You know, I've been to Vegas probably, I don't know, 10 times. You know how much I spent gambling there? 25 bucks. That's it. <laughs> 25, 25. Now, I've, I, I'm sure if somebody's out there listening to me, when I go, my, my hotel rate's going to go triple but if I go there again. But the uh, that's it. And you know why? Because I looked, I did all the math, the calculations, and I realized that the odds, the probabilities were never in my favor. They're not in my favor. <laughs> so, and that's gambling, you know, and, and actually that's professional gambling. Most gamblers don't know what the odds are. They have no idea. I had a, <laughs> I had a client once <laughs> who literally bought a, a craps table to put in his house. And this guy was, um, I, by the way, I, I will never use names on anybody. I will never use names. I'm not allowed to do that. But I just thought this funny, this story was funny. He wanted to learn everything there was to know about craps. So he literally bought a craps table. You know how big those things are? He puts it in his living room because he was kind of frugal and he lived in a very small house. He didn't need to live in a small house, by the way. Dude had money, but he was frugal. And he fills up his entire living room with a craps table. <laughs> Can you imagine that? And by the way, he drove a $50,000 car, and that was a long time ago when fifty grand was a lot of money for a car. Okay. So <laughs> he put, puts his crap ta craps table in his living room so that he can figure it out. I go, oh, you know, I could have saved you on there. You know what? Do you know what the highest payoff? And I don't know if these numbers are still accurate, by the way. This was a long time ago. Do you know what the highest payoff is for the uh, um, for craps? He goes, yeah, it's thirty three to one. Oh, so if you bet at a dollar and you, and you actually roll, you rolled that exact combination, you'd make thirty three times your money. Yep, that's it. Okay. So, and I'm by the way, th this is all coming from a memory that's 
57 years old now and has been beat around uh, for 13 years when I played football when I was nine and, you know, but from the end of college. <laughs> so if I'm not remembering all this completely accurate, I, at least I've got a good reason. But anyway, I was laughing. I go, do you know what the uh, probabilities of rolling that combination are? He goes, uh, no, they're 36 to one. So if the maximum payout you could get is $33 for every dollar you risk, and the chances are one in 36, you should not be playing that game. <laughs> and the, the whole stuff, the craps is really popular. You go into a lot of the casinos, people are playing that game. The, ho- the uh, hotel is kind of like a market maker. They don't really care about each hand because they know if you keep playing, they're going to collect 30, $36 for every $33 that they pay out, roughly, over a long time period. And I just thought that was hilarious. Now, if I've messed that math up, I apologize. So you can straighten me out on the email. I'm sure somebody out there will. <laughs> but anyway, I, I, I studied that once a long time ago, and that's when I decided that, yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna play. Because I I just don't you can't get an edge there. I see in the stock market, an investor looks for an edge. A trader looks for an edge. A gambler doesn't know what to look for. <laughs> the, uh, they, they don't know what to look for. And if you wanted some good advice, if you really wanted to do stocks, get the book uh, Accounting for Dummies. I'm telling you. I had a uh, 24 credit hours in finance in college, and Accounting for Dummies was 10 times better than any of the textbooks I had to read in college. Yeah, so it's a, it's a great book. People have no idea. And, uh, and they're cheap. <laughs> they're really cheap. So get that book. Read it. Figure out how to read the, the basics. You don't need to be an expert at that. What you really need to do is need, you need to learn how to focus on what the most important parts are with individual stocks. And um, one of these days, I'm going to get to that investment club where I actually, I've got a uh, client that has an investment club. And, I, you know, the pandemic's really just slowed everything down and, and really loaded up my workload. Uh, we have to do more work now. We didn't get a raise, by the way. <laughs> We're doing more work, but it's been uh, pretty tough. So I, I understand completely um, what you guys are going through. And eventually I will get out there and uh, hopefully we'll be able to, to do some more seminars here soon because, you know, there are a lot of companies, especially that the last few days, the market's been getting beat up. I'm like, sweet. Yeah, there were some stocks I had. I was like, oh, man, they, they've gotten ahead of themselves. Like, and uh, I own them. And so they're going down and their people are going, are, are you upset? Heck no. <laughs> I wanted to, they would gone up too far. I didn't want to add to them at those prices. Now I'll buy them. Okay. Because why? Because they're good companies. They're good, solid companies. How do I know? I can read a financial statement. They're not overpriced. How do I know? I can read a financial statement. That's how I know. And you do not have to be a total expert at this, by the way. And that's one of my, I think one of the callings that I have in my life is to try to make things simple. Actually, it was beat in my head by my father. And he, he was very quiet. It was uh, very uh, humble. He had a lot of humility. He, he didn't beat it in my head that way. It, it felt like it was because he would make me go back and do something again if I didn't get it right. <laughs> and, he would, uh, uh, and he would show you how to do it most efficiently. So that kind of stuck and I'm glad it stuck because when I look at all the material that you have to read or that's written on financial markets, holy cow, 
you guys are making this, they have made this way too complicated. It's not that hard. Investment planning, not that hard. You've got four basic asset classes, all right? So asset classes, as it confuses people, stocks would be an asset class. Bonds or CDs or fixed income. Fixed income is an asset class. Something that has guarantees to it, that's an asset class. Real assets, that's stuff that you can touch. You know, real estate, gold, commodities, those are real assets. And then you have cash. Okay, so those are those basically your, your major asset classes. That's all there is. Derivatives mean derived from. So derivatives are actually, I guess you could consider that an asset class if you want to get really highly technical about it. But those are derived from combinations of those other items. Okay. And I would tell you, stay away from derivatives. Those are for extremely knowledgeable professionals. And if you make money on derivatives, it, it can be seductive because you can make a lot of money in a very quick time period, but most of the time you won't. The vast majority of the time, you're just going to lose whatever you invest in that. So anyway, I hear the music. Things I got to take a commercial break. This is Bill Bullington. I'm right here on 1420. Stay tuned. I will be right back. listening to that one anyway i forgot what i was talking about <laughs> that's what happens when you talk too much <laughs> you know yes uh, oh well um <laughs> oh i remember yeah same things i'm always talking about <laughs> managing risk i just don't know which parts of it i'm talking about the uh so here's the thing you've got fixed income today the rates are incredibly low it's not likely that they're going to go up anytime real soon. I, you know, I, and when I say that, I, I know a lot of people are going, oh, and uh, because you know, they don't want to hear that because they're hoping that they're going to get really high rates again. It's just, pro- it's just highly unlikely. Why? Well, because you've got all this debt that the government issued. And the government has to pay interest on that. Now, let me ask you a question. If you got to pick your own interest rate on the money you borrowed... What would you pick? <laughs> Zero. And you know what? In some European countries, they've actually gone one further. They said, well, we're actually doing you a service by keeping your money safe. You need to pay us. They don't pay interest. You have to pay them. Hope it doesn't come to that level here. But uh, anyway, unlikely for rates to go up anytime soon. What are the uh, better rates now? Right now, 
I, you know, I never thought I'd be talking about these products. As a general category, fixed indexed annuities, fixed indexed annuities, or just fixed annuities, can be a viable alternative. In fact, they're even there's some legislation they're putting them in 401k plans. So everybody's recognizing that an insurance company has an ability to manage assets professionally. They don't have a life expectancy. That's the problem with individual investors is you have a life expectancy. At some point in time, we're all going to die. And you don't want to die at the wrong time if you're in the wrong investments because they'll be selling it at prices lower than they should be, like, like stocks, for example. When the stock market goes down, and I'm sure, by the way, when you do have a huge correction, I, I bet you if, if they did a study that you see more people die when the market's down 25, 30% or more than when it's up 25 or 30% or more. And that, to me, that's kind of common sense, but I don't have the money to publish and do the research for that study. So I'm just going <laughs> to, it's just going to be one of the Bullington's principles. Actually, uh, um, that's so funny. Bullington's part. That reminds me, Peter Lynch, if you're looking for books to read that are, are entertaining and uh, somewhat educational on investing in stocks, anything that's written by Peter Lynch, just get it. And uh, I, I was laughing because when I read one of the books, when it had first come out, he talked about Peter's principles. Oh, oh that's cool. The uh, Peter's principles. And then I was thinking about mine. What could I call it? My name is Bullington. I was like, Bull, uh, never mind. <laughs> but you can tell my, I've been working too hard lately. <laughs> so anyway. Fixed index annuities are a good option for a lot of people. Some people know, you know, it's like stocks. Stocks are a great option for a lot of people. Some people know they don't have what it, you know, they're, they're going to get upset. It, it, it's unfortunate because they would make more money, but they, their temperament just won't allow it. They can't, they can't stand to see stuff fluctuating like crazy and stocks fluctuate like crazy. Now, if you look at the big picture, and by the way, I would have been squarely in that camp. But I think one of the reasons that I took so many economics classes when I was in school was I wanted to figure out how to invest. I wanted to figure out what rich people did. How did they get rich? What did they do? And then what I found out is that they invest in businesses. Most of them build their own businesses. That's how you get really rich. You, you build a very successful business. Easy as pie, right? Yeah, yeah, give it a shot sometime. The uh, Not that easy. So the second best way to do it is to invest in other people's successful businesses. How do you do that? It's called a mutual fund. That's what it's called. That's what they do. They go out and they pick stocks that meet certain criteria. They have a certain level of sales. They've got a certain level of profit margin. They, uh, they've been around for a certain amount of time. They, they're any kind of description you can think of, there's a fund out there doing it. Actually, there are funds out there doing stuff that's really stupid because they know that there's a market for it and people will invest in it because it's what they want to do, not what they should be doing. Those people have never, rest, they've never read the book Accounting for Dummies. <laughs> if, they, if they spent six months out of their lives, an hour a day reading and studying that book, that would affect the rest of their lives they would never get caught in those traps of investing in those funds that invest in those types of stocks. They would also avoid those types of stocks. 
know, the uh, like Beyond Meat. Anybody remember that one? That was a Bitcoin of its day. <laughs> it day was very short. <laughs> the uh, Beyond Meat. Everyone, Beyond Meat, Beyond Meat. And, uh, yeah, just like that. Uh, and by the way, do you know what Beyond Meat is? It's a veggie burger. <laughs> did, they, did they really reinvent the veggie burger and make that much of a difference? <laughs> no. <laughs> and it's probably a good product. I don't know. I haven't tried it yet. But the uh, when I saw the valuation on the company, I'm like, no, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not a gambler. I trade and I invest. I don't gamble with my money. Uh, a lot of people don't know the difference and can't tell the difference. You know what? The people that can't tell the difference, you're a gambler. Hate to tell you, you are a gambler. <laughs> I really apologize because I probably offended a whole bunch of people <laughs> with that tone of voice. But uh, you should have to sit in my seat and answer all the questions I have to answer. <laughs> what do you think the market's going to do in the next six months? I have no idea. The, uh, I have I can tell you what it's doing right now. <laughs> well, anybody can see that. Well, yeah, right. See, that's kind of like part of the, the answer is that's about all you can do. You can't predict the, the stock market six months into the future. And I know there are a bunch of websites out there that swear that you can. They're selling something. They've got a, a vested interest in trying to convince you that they know how to predict what the market's going to do. And some of them are actually very convincing and very successful and make millions of dollars selling information and if it really worked as well as they said it did, they would not sell that information for any amount of money. <laughs> they would keep that to themselves. I promise you they would do that. <laughs> there are some firms out there that do uh, get away with some stuff that are making, you know, billions and billions of dollars. And I know who they are. And I know why they're not telling you. <laughs> so it, it's uh, a little tough. Get a little bit punchy. But anyway. So if you want something that's that's fixed in, uh, I think, in the fixed income category, you've got some really good options now. You've got some really good options. Um, there's a combination. That, this is what I really like about this. Talk about creative. Uh, the one investment-only product I was talking about, is it's an annuity. It's an investment-only. You don't have to pay any sales charges in. There's no penalty for early withdrawal. You have all these funds that you can invest in. You can move the money around. What's really nice about that is that you don't get a 1099. Now think about this. Let's say you've got money outside of your IRAs, your rollover IRAs, if you're retired or, or even not retired, and you're tired of getting the 1099s and having to track all that stuff, then reporting it to the IRS and paying taxes on dividends and capital gains that you had no control over. You didn't get to decide. Okay, well, this can end that. Okay, you can put the money here. 350 funds, Vanguard, Fidelity, T. Rober, you name it. All the, the big names involved in this. And what's really cool is when you rebalance your portfolio, when you have to add a little bit more to the small cap uh, growth that was doing crap for the past five years and this year it's on fire. When you were making those adjustments each year, add a little bit to it, and then to this year it really paid off. Well, you didn't get any transactions for that. The 10, there's no 1099 generated until you start to take money out. Think about that for a second. You're paying taxes on your Social Security right now because your income's too high, and a big portion of your income are the dividends and capital gains from your funds. Guess what? You might, you might be able to eliminate that. How cool is that? That's awesome. 
It's got some other benefits that you can add on to it, like that rider we were talking about. It'll guarantee a minimum income. That's all right. That's optional. And these things, by the way, are transparent. You can see all the expenses, which is different from the uh, fixed indexed annuities. They can't even show you the expenses because they don't know what they're going to be yet. Bill, what do you mean about that? Well, the insurance costs change from time to time. When you've got a, a fixed index, the insurance costs change because depending on how uh, the most recent activity is in the market. That's kind of a, uh, um, that's a quandary. So that's why I focus on the fixed aspect of that market. I, I just want to know what are my guarantees? Okay, just tell me what the guarantees are. I won't worry about the investment performance or the costs. Just tell me what my guarantees are. Net of those costs. That's the that's the main idea there. Now the other one is completely transparent. You can see everything. You see my fee. You see the fee for the writer. You see you can look up the mutual fund expenses. You put it all together, and it's less than half of what an average annuity cost. That is awesome. Plus, if you're in a in a situation where you're paying taxes on your Social Security because you've got these investment accounts that are taxable and you keep getting these dividends and, and income from it, uh, well, guess what? That That's a choice now. You've got an option. You don't have to do that anymore. And you're not going to have to sacrifice a high-quality investment firm to be able to invest in. And you can get on. You can make changes to it, too. We manage them for our clients. Yeah, but you don't have to. I've given out the name of the company a ton of times. It's actually nationwide. And the product's called Monument Advisor. Yeah, but if if you wanted to try to do it yourself, they'll take your money. Yeah, that that's fine. Um, in fact, a uh, young guy that uh, well, he's young to me anyway. He was really young when I first met him. Was eighteen, started investing. This kid's a multimillionaire. The uh, it's not from investing. He did he's done well in investing, but he built a business and uh, uh, suffered. I mean, a kid put in an unbelievable amount of work. But uh, anyway. He just came up in mind because I told him, you know, you want to take a look at this product. So he did. He called them directly and uh, very savvy, uh, investment savvy. So uh, he just opened an account and went direct. He's going to manage it himself. That's fine. I'm glad I was able to help. And, uh, and again, if you want information on that, feel free to call me uh, or set up a, uh, you know, the easiest, the best ways, actually, the website and uh, sometimes it's uh well, I guess it's probably a toss-up between either calling and leaving a message or uh, going to the website. Anyway, that's a uh, that's a good viable option, I think, for an awful lot of people. If you're afraid of the market, and that that's what most people are afraid of. You know, what if I retired in March of 2000, right before the S and P dropped over 50 percent in the next three years? That would that could cause you to have to go back to work. You know, what was even worse is that. In 2007, right after it had just got slightly past the high level it reached seven years prior to that, okay, it was actually a little over seven years, it started going down again, and this time it went down more than it did the first time. So by the bottom in March of 2009, it's down 2000, you're down 57%. If you had retired in March of 2000, you'd probably be out of money if you had your money allocated incorrectly. If you wanted to survive that, if you wanted to actually make money over that time period, you can't have all of your money in stocks. There's just no way of knowing when it's gonna, when those are going to turn. I don't care what those ads say on those services that they're selling. It's not going to work. And I hate seeing that. 
and I get a lot of calls from people who did exactly what I'm talking about. They had most of their money in stock funds in March of 2000. Now they're in their you know late 70s, early 80s, and they've got a fraction of the money, and they're hanging on. So to avoid that, by the way, relatively simple. Don't put all of your money in stock funds. And don't believe that you're going to be able to see what's going to happen over the next 12 to 18 months. That's not true. And if somebody, like I said, if, if, the, if there are people who can do that, they're not telling anybody. Why would they do that? If, I mean, they, they would be worth billions and billions and billions of dollars. So anyway, here I, I got about two minutes left before I have to take a commercial break. And uh, again, so I'll just remind you, if you hear something here, and, and by the way, normally this is the only time you'll hear me raise my voice like this. The, uh, when I talk to you in the office, I, I, I'm typically pretty congenial, you know, and uh, I really like working with nice people. People will ask me all the time, well, what kind of minimums do you have? Uh, well, my minimum is actually a personality. Uh, you just have to be nice. If, if you're nice and I think I can work with you, I'll tell you that. Um, there are certain things where I, I won't work with somebody, some people, and it's mainly because they have ideas that they're looking for me to fulfill that I know are impossible. Okay, so that's typically, you, you need to be on the same page with your financial advisors. You really do. And uh, since we're fiduciaries, we, we're bound, legally bound to, to operate in your best interest. I take that very seriously. I always have. The, uh, in fact, it's a requirement in, in my industry, the uh, re- registered investment advisory industry. You have to do that. So all this stuff they're talking about, uh, Reg BI, that's Reg Best Interest. You know, that's for the brokerage firms. So those guys have not had to operate by the same standards we have, but now they're being more and more required to do that. And uh, actually, legislation is getting really rough. That is I spend an awful lot of time with my compliance department just making sure we're dotting the I's and crossing the T's. It is a nightmare. <laughs> I don't know. I Maybe it's probably a, a fantasy for people who love doing paperwork for a living. <laughs> Not my specialty. Anyway, i got to take a real quick commercial break. Bill, this is Bill Bullington, 1420. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. It's a way that I've tried to show. Circles, jumping the hurdles, getting caught in that rush of doing so much. I'm feeling kind of worn out. All this checking the boxes, trying to be flawless, has me spinning my head, catching my breath. Too afraid to slow it down. I tell myself to keep this up. The God wants more than just my love. Mm. But all right, Danny Gokey. Do you guys know who he is? He was actually on American Idol. Did very well. No. Actually, it reminds me of this church. There's a church out in Lorraine called House of Praise, and uh, you can look it up. You should hear the music at that place. It is mind-boggling. Somebody needs to send some of their video. They, they, I think they simulcast over uh, Facebook or something like that. And uh, somebody needs to send, send those guys uh to Americans Got Talent, and because uh, they are like they, they're off the charts. So I thought that that is really cool. So if you're bored on a Sunday, just look their website up. You can go by and uh, and uh, really nice messages and uh, really good music. So anyway, and there there I go again. I lost my place. <laughs> 
what? I was just looking the uh I've gotten calls the last few days and you know it's amazing that market's only down a little bit or the S&P is only down a little bit. Um it's like 4% or so over the past 3 weeks and I'm surprised at how many people are calling and going, "Hey, yeah, I'm like, wow, that normally doesn't happen until they're down at least 10." And uh, so I guess being tax time, that makes sense now that I think about it. Tax time is typically people are pretty, um, uh, I don't know, emotional um, because taxes every year, you know, it's stressful. So I guess that would make a little bit more sense. But that's not a uh, it's not a huge correction. And it's like of the garden variety. Uh, so I don't see anything that I'm super worried about right now. And uh, I'll let you know when it's time to worry which is almost never. So, but if there is really a, a big time to worry, I'll let you know. <laughs> uh, in the meantime, you know, part of what we have to do as investment advisors is to take a look at our, our client situations, find out, you know, what kind of risk taker you really are. That's not an easy thing to decide. And you can change your mind on that over time, by the way. But, uh, and you should. You know, the older you get, the more conservative you should be getting. You know, not everybody does that, but you know, they should probably review your stuff at least once every year, minimally, uh, once every other year would be, uh, um, almost mandatory. So, uh, take a look at where you are and what we do is, uh, well, take a look. This is the question. How much of a decline do you really think you could suffer through? Cause everybody's, well, I don't suffer. I don't even look at it. I mean, I look at it and I go, oh, oh, well, that's what it is. It is what it is. I knew it could happen, so I'm not upset about it. And that's the key is getting yourself mentally, psychologically prepared. Now, and people struggle with this. Well, I want the stock market's returns. I want those returns that's achieved in the last, you know, 100 years. Well, first of all, there's no guarantee that it'll match that again. Secondly, you have to put up with the ups and downs of the market if you're going to get that return. Well, I don't want to do that. Okay. Well, we've got a little conflict here. <laughs> the, uh, you're going to have to decide how much you're really, really willing to put up with. Knowing that, you know, having money in fixed income, especially traditional fixed income like bonds and CDs, it's not going to pay much. But that's okay because it's there because it doesn't fluctuate like stocks do. Is to try to manage the risk that you're taking. Remember earlier in today's show, I mentioned managing risk. That's the biggest thing that you can do. Figure out how much you really think you can put up with because the more you can put up with, the more potential return you could generate. The lower fluctuation that you're willing to put up with, the lower the potential return you can generate. And that's, that's a conflict that a lot of people have. They, they want the return, but they don't want the risk. You, you, they go hand in hand. You have to do it. So it's really important that you know. And it's really important that people show you. When I look at the data and they talk about standard fluctuation for one year is only 16%, I'm like, what? It, th by the way, that information came from one of the world's largest asset managers, and I couldn't believe they printed it. That is so misleading. It's not funny. Mathematically, it is correct. Mathematically, here's the problem. When you have three of those one-year events in a row, the 16 is all of a sudden 50. <laughs> and 
And that's what happened in 2000, 2003. That's what happened in 2007 through 2009. Okay, so it they're not mathematically, what they're saying is correct. They're leaving out details. And, you know, on a trial, they call that an omission of a material fact. That's actually supposed to be illegal. So I know, and I bring it up. And by the way, I lose a lot of business over this because I expose the real risk that you're taking, not that paper risk that although technically is correct. See, there's a technicality there. Nobody bothers to explain that. And it is actually explained a little bit in very tiny print (laughs) at the end of a 12 page proposal that nobody ever gets to. So, uh, I just, you know, and and it's, it makes my job harder. I guess that's why I talk about it a lot because people come into it thinking that, well, this thing said I, you know, I was only taking a 16% risk. Uh, no, sorry. Let me show you the real numbers and then you decide, you know, cause I'll show you the graph. I'll show the actual numbers. The, uh, and you can go and verify that. And I even show you how to do that too. There's this thing called stocks chart, stockcharts.com That's free. Pull up a 10 year chart of the, uh, uh, S and P 500, pull up a 30 year chart. You can see for yourself. You don't have to believe anything I say, by the way, you can verify everything. That's the nice thing about being on Google or having Google. You can, uh, you can find out anything. You can verify just about anything you want to know. And believe me, I spend an awful lot of time verifying stuff for clients. You know, that's part of what we do. It's a financial advisor. They call about a lot of different stuff. I had a guy say, well, I wanted to do a 529 plan, and I want to do this for my nephew, and I want to make the contributions. How do I set that up? And so I go through the whole process. I took about an hour. It took me about an hour to figure out how to do it the way that he wanted to do it. And he goes, eh, I'm just going to write his mama, his mama check. Thanks. <laughs> that is the first thing I mentioned. And uh, so, <laughs> oh, well, now if someone in the future wants to do it, I'll know how to do it. <laughs> how do you contribute to somebody's 529? By, by the way, anybody can contribute to someone's 529 plan. All you have to do is write the kid's name in uh, the 529 contribution on the memo and make it out to the company that has the 529 plan. That's what you can do. There are limits as to how much you can put in on an individual year, and I doubt any, you know, I don't know, maybe somebody would put that much in. It's, it's a lot. You can put a lot in a 529 plan at once. But uh, so just in case you were wondering, and if my uh, client's listening, he's probably laughing right now, but the <laughs> at least I hope he is. <laughs> but that's the kind of stuff. that That's the experience component of being a financial advisor. You get asked so many questions. And uh, HSA, that is a, um, uh, those are really complicated because, first of all, there are FSAs, uh, HSAs, you have certain qualifications that they have to meet. Uh, Are you contributing to it or is your employer contributing 100%? It's unbelievable. And if you mess it up, you know, there are certain types that you have to be in it for so long before it can pay for a certain percentage of this. And are you kidding me? Who is writing this stuff? That That's the first thing that thought that ran through my mind. Who is taking the time, wasting all that time <laughs> just to make it hard on us? <laughs> and uh, that, you know, that's part of the, if, if, if I ever write a book that is a uh, uh, conspiracy theory, it's going to be how Congress writes laws. 
They write laws to keep us busy so we can't see what they're really doing. <laughs> you got a you got a letter from the IRS cuz I got a health savings account? Are you kidding me? <laughs> but uh anyway. Oh, hey, if you guys want to call uh in the office this week 330-664-0700, I should be around most of the week. The uh Typically, I'll, I'll take appointments uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Monday is I have to capture everything that piled up over the weekend. And uh, Friday, I'm working from Powell, Ohio. So unless you want to drive down there, uh, we can do phone meetings on Fridays. But So just go to my website, BullingtonCapital.com. And I'm going you know, to give you an example here. I, I promised I would, so I'm going to make good on that promise. Somebody had $100,000 to invest, and they wanted to take income from it. They're 65 years old. Okay, this product that I'm talking about is uh, uh, it's a fixed indexed annuity. It's generic. Okay, I'm just going to use generic terms here. There is a website you can go to uh, if you wanted to email me. I can uh, forward that website and you can play it with it yourself. Change it around. See see what you'd like to do. Anyway, somebody with 65 would uh, be able to put $100,000 in next year when you're allowed to take the income. 12 months from now, you get 5,779 bucks. Okay. That's five point, almost 5.8%. Now, that's a withdrawal. That's not like interest. Okay, you're, you're spending part of your principal. Well, you might be spending part of your principal. If the investments grew more than that, you wouldn't be spending, your, your $100,000 would be higher. That, I'll come back to that a little bit later. But anyway, that's the guaranteed lifetime income. Uh, that's guaranteed from Nationwide, by the way. This is that, their product. There are other companies that have products that are very similar to this. Yeah, I just like the website. It's easy. I like working with that company. So don't ever run out and invest in something just because you heard it on a radio or a television show or in my show or anybody else's. Check that stuff out. Do not run out. This is not investment advice. This is informational purposes only. Okay. So, um, and this is what I did. I looked at it. I put money in it. Ten years from now, I'm going to collect an income. That's going to be the equivalent of about 11.5% of what it is today. That's the worst I can do, okay? Assuming Nationwide's there to pay that off. Now, I know that number just freaked everybody out, but you got to remember, that's 10 years from now. So it's going to have, have had some time to grow. Now that I hear the music, I, uh, I waited too late to cover that. So I, get, I promise I'll cover this the first thing on my next show next Saturday. Thanks for listening, everybody. This is Bill Bullington right here on 1420. Uh, have a good week and good investing. You just caught another edition of the Bullington Capital Report 